1: Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. P.S. We just picked Wednesday randomly as a day to launch the podcast. Just so you know. It was randomly picked. We were like, should we do it Wednesday? Great. Let's do it Wednesday.
0: (laughs) I have a weird tickle in my throat for some reason.
1: Anyway, it's not Corona. Don't worry. I don't know why. I just felt like sharing that. But yeah, it was totally random that we picked Wednesday. We're like, (laughs) let's just do it. So happy random Wednesday day we picked.
0: I hate when people say hump day. I hate it. I don't know why. I just think it's like so stupid.
1: It's such a low-hanging fruit. I know. That's why I like it. You know I love (laughs) the low-hanging fruit. That is like my jam. I am the queen of your mama jokes, and Lee has recently brought up in couples therapy that I just need to stop making your mama jokes to him because it's not funny anymore. Yeah. I like fart
0: jokes and poop jokes, which is also
1: very low-hanging fruit, but... Literally, that is in our mission statement about this podcast, is that there will be shit and fart jokes. I'm burping. It's the best. Anyway. That's a burp for you. <laughs>
0: Go ahead. So today we're chatting with Christina Nicholson, the media maven, who's going to tell us about time productivity and why she just doesn't feel mom guilt. That was
1: crazy. I was like, I don't even know how to respond to not I feeling know. mom guilt. I mean, good for you. That's that's quite the accomplishment. I couldn't even comprehend it. And we're talking about some COVID updates. We're learning when 511 epidemiologists expect to fly, hug, and do 18 other everyday activities again. Also, we're learning that care can say the word epidemiologists.
0: It's a good word. I've really enjoyed saying it throughout all of this. It's one of those words that looks a lot more challenging than it actually is. I was going into it thinking, oh shit. As always, we have our hashtag swagbag picks. And up next, the, the tits, tits and the shits. The tits and the shit. No, I said it at the same time. Oh God! I guess I'll go first. Uh, I'll keep this short. I'm going to start with my shits. My shits are my grandmother has end stage dementia. She has lived in a nursing home for a few years now, and uh, she, you know, she stopped being able to swallow, and she ended up somehow getting pneumonia from that. It happens a lot because they can't swallow their own saliva, and then it goes. Yeah, it's like aspirating or something. Yep. Yeah, so basically she is in hospice now, being the time that it is. They said that, you know, you get one visit. So my mom is going. Hopefully she'll be able to finagle me in as well. The doctor is trying. She helped raise me. She was a very, very, very big part of my life. And probably around the time I hit 25, things got a little rocky. And um, for a little while I wasn't talking to her by choice, my personal choice. Um, And then she suffered a brain injury that was kind of I guess where I started to have to make some peace with some things and come to terms with some things so it's been weird because even though somebody's physical body is seeing its end I felt like I had mourned the loss of her a while ago and um, I thought when this happened I was going to kind of be like okay that's sad but it's hitting me a little bit
1: harder than I thought and uh, it's just uh, sad it's sad. Yeah. Um, I've had both, where I've had relationships that I sort of have chosen to cut off before the actual end of life and tricky situations. And and then my grandmother, which most of the people listening on the show have knew that my grandmother died during the scary mommy period. And that was like kind of a clean transition. And you know, it is very different. And sometimes the trickier the relationship, the trickier it is to mourn. Yeah. You know, there was
0: like a weird period a couple of days ago where I was like, well... My mom always would say, like, you don't go see her enough in the nursing home. And, I mean, she was nonverbal pretty much. Basically never remembered me. So it was painful to go see her and it Mm -hmm. was painful to do all of that. And she was like, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel guilty. And the other day I was like, I'm feeling guilt. Am I feeling guilt because I feel like I'm supposed to feel guilt or am I actually feeling guilt? And I still can't tell you the answer to that. I don't feel so guilty. I'm just sad now. I'm
1: just sad. Yeah. She'll live on in definitely our neck exercises.
0: Yeah, in her neck exercises. (laughs) She, she's a funny fucking lady. My grandma's kind of like a Twinkie, you know? Like, she's gonna outlive everything. So, who knows? But it's, you know, it's just been sad. My tits are... I don't know, I'm not in the place to have tits right now. Can I say that? Am I allowed that? Oh, I got my period. That's my tits. Ashley's not pregnant. That's the tits. Yeah. God, that Apple health app... It's awful. It's a terrible period tracker. I don't reckon. I, that is the antithesis of my hashtag swag bag pick. It really, like, for a week, I've been like, oh my God, where's my period? Where's my period? And it's because of the app. The app was, like, inaccurate. Well, yesterday I was, like, I spotted a little bit and then it stopped and I was, like, motherfucker, am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? And I was, like, you know what? I'm gonna wear white shorts. I'm gonna wear white shorts and I'm <laughs> gonna will this bitch to come because if there's anything that's gonna make me get my period, it's wearing white shorts at an inopportune moment. And you know what? Yeah, it worked. It happened. It was, like, that that time in my 20s, I was kind of scared I was pregnant, so I went and had, like, way too many margaritas and I was, like, well gone now. And it worked. Also worked. (laughs) Or if you book like a beach vacation with a new boyfriend, your period is death's gonna come. Absolutely gonna come. Yeah. And so are the shits. You're definitely gonna get the shits too.
1: (laughs) So Ashley's tits is that she's not knocked up with a COVID baby. Yep. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Also side tit, a little side boob, is that you actually had sex during COVID to question whether you were pregnant.
0: Yes. But here's the thing. There was no reason why we should have gotten pregnant from that, but you know... I won't get into the logistics.
1: I'm just saying. But yes, fornication did happen. How about you? Well, it seems like I'm the worst best friend to you ever because lately, whatever your shits are, my opposite is the tits. Very good point. Good observation. Last week, we had that you aren't losing weight and that I am. And this week, your grandmother is dying and my grandmother is dead, but my tits are that in (laughs) staying in my hometown. Well, I mean, the good news isn't like she didn't... Come back from the dead. I guess that would be like, Right really? I was like, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Zombie <laughs> She's grandmother. She's back, bitches. You know, this is the longest amount of time I've spent in my hometown ever since I lived here. Huh. It feels very strange to be mere blocks from where I was raised with my grandmother and have her not be alive. Like, that's just... Yeah, never. That's never been the case. And I'm spending so much amazing time with my family. And in doing so, because it's not like, we've got two days, it's a holiday, or whatever it is. Because it's just kind of like, we're just hanging. And it's like conversations are just organically happening instead of it's like an event that I'm here for or whatever. All of these, what I'm going to call Bubba, because that's what I called her. Everyone called her Bubba. Bubba Bubba-isms are coming out in casual conversation with specifically mostly my uncle, Jimmy, who still lives in the house. Well, you've been hanging out with him. Him a lot. Yeah, cuz he's like a couple blocks away. It's like so lovely. He also helped raise me, but I'm realizing that she was kind of a badder bitch than I realized. Like she <laughs> was the nicest woman ever and she never really had anything negative to say about people, very rarely. She survived a lot of horrible shit, including abusive relationship with her husband and a million things, the depression, you know, all of the things. Yeah. She just really was like the chillest lady you've ever met, but now I'm realizing she was a little bit savage and I kind of loved love that. Like I was wearing a bunch of necklaces to the beach the other day and my uncle was like, oh, you look like everybody in Margate because Margate's a very affluent town and people wear all of their jewelry, like their tennis bracelet, everything to the beach. And I was like, oh yeah, I just like forgot to take it off. And he goes, you know what Bubba would say when someone was wearing all that jewelry? I was like, no, what did she say? He said what she would say was, oh, I guess she doesn't have a jewelry box. But she had all of these, like, kind of nice but absolutely not nice – Ways, It's kind of like a bless your heart kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So I'm learning all of these things that now when he said them, I'm like, oh my God, she did say that. I'm loving that she was secretly a little savage. That's such a kinder way of saying shit than the way my grandmother would say stuff. I'm loving the sharing of some of the things that I had forgotten about my grandmother. Everybody misses her so much. She was such an integral part of everyone's life. And also this town, like she was really big in this town. I guess it's like tits and shits. I just miss her so incredibly being here. Like, there's nothing that doesn't remind me of her. Everywhere reminds me of her. It's the tits because... It's nice. It's a nice memory. Does
0: this whole thing with your grandmother passing and the fact that there were so many kids, does that make you question having Luna be an only child? Because this is making me question Sebastian being an only child a little bit, which we know I've questioned this on and off forever.
1: No, I question Luna being an only child for other reasons not this because she had seven kids. It's like a lot of kids. That's a lot. That's an unnecessary amount of children. She had them because she was Catholic (laughs) and she did not believe in birth control. Of course. Well, I'll tell
0: you, when Matt thought I was pregnant, did I tell you this? No. mm -mm. Oh, when I was like, oh my God, is my period not coming? And I looked at him and was like, you know, I might be pregnant. Matt like got emotional, happy, excited, emotional. And I was like, oh my God, do you want to have another kid? And he was like, no, I don't. I like our life. I like our quality of life. Like we're finally okay hey, like I just don't want to have another kid. But I couldn't believe he reacted like that. And yeah. I'm not upset with him. It's just like was surprising to me. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. All I can tell you
1: is there's a lot of thoughts in my head right now. <laughs> um. So that's my tits. My shits are can I have like a quick three a three turter? sure yeah why not okay so um I had my thoughts all in a row until we started talking about death and sorry getting pregnant uh first shits is herpes because evidently when I forget to put SPF on my lips I get the beginning of a herpes outbreak it was not a full herpes but I have like a fever blister on my lip From not putting sunscreen on my lips. What's a, like, not full herp? What does that
0: mean? Someone who also has, gets cold sores. I don't know what that means. It just looks like a pimple.
1: It's not like big and it just looks like a white head. Oh, okay. So it's just a small cold sore. I guess so. And then I put like a Breva on it and it just is a dried up thing now. But it never oh. got like, like no one could see it except for me. It just looked like a white head, not even on the lip, like on the lip okay. line. So you got a small cold sore be- began to come out and then like went away. Yeah, I've never actually had a full one. I've only had this, What is which is like the beginnings of one. And it happened really because I was out in the sun in like really You've hot you never time had a full not. cold sore? Never. Never? Never. Just the beginnings of them. And then I take lysine. I put a brief on and then it never comes to fruition. This podcast
0: really took a turn today. We're talking death, we're talking pregnancy and cold sores. (laughs) Guys, we promised you the real deal. We promised. And here
1: we are. Wow. Okay, next one. Next shits. Next one. I mean, shits that we're like leaving here for good. The beach and going back to Brooklyn. So that's a shits. And then the other shits is, God, I had three funny ones and the only one I can remember is herpes now. (laughs) Oh, fupa. Can we talk about fupa or vajumic, as I like to call it? The fupa is real. like, And from what I've talked about from other mothers who are my age or had a C-section or whatever, I don't even know how much I diet and exercise. I don't think my fupa will ever go away. I think I just have a fupa now. So my shits are fupa, forever fupa or vajumic. Yeah. Which is front upper pussy area or when your vagina and your stomach slide together. Yeah. vagemic uh-huh. I have it and it just looks like I have a swollen vagina area. And I just do not like the way that it looks at all. And I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Try some cool sculpting or something. Maybe. But basically herpes and fupa. I mean, I cannot with either of these. I can, I'm what really a a catch. combo, man. Jeez Louise. Herpes and fupa. I am over it. Like, will I ever look good in jeans or will I just have to wear tops that cover the FUPA area? Like,
0: this thing happens where you like sit and it it's almost like your very lowest part of your fat belly hangs over your vagina type of thing, right? Yeah. I have two
1: of them with a line in between.
0: It, yeah. It's quite possibly the most unattractive thing I've ever seen on myself. Like I'll look down in workout pants and be like, the fuck is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good that I don't have herpes on my vagina. Yeah. I mean, I would say so. They got its two separate shits not the same that'd
1: be like a lot too Oof. much actually too hot to handle is what I have mm. to say that's my shits let me tell you this is a joy of a show for you today yeah. isn't it great that we have on our next guest who is gonna teach us one not to feel guilty about anything and two how to be a badass bitch So today's guest is a former TV reporter and anchor,
0: owns and operates her public relations firm, Media Maven, recently launched Master Your PR, an online course that teaches small business owners how to handle public relations on their own and hosts the How to Become a Media Maven podcast, all while raising three kids. Let's welcome
1: our guest, Christina Nicholson. Hi, Christina. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time. I mean, listen, as all of us being working moms, we understand how hard this new phase of living is while trying to work, have your kids, and make time to do other stuff. So thank you. It's
2: so fun. I'm coming to you from my closet for that reason.
0: (laughs) So why don't you start off by, I mean, I feel like I kind of covered it in the intro, but tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: So long story short, my background is in TV. I was a TV reporter and anchor for about 10 years, had a couple of kids while I was doing that, and I needed a flexible schedule. So I started working at a PR agency because when I was in TV, I was getting pitched all the time by other publicists and by business owners who wanted that exposure, and they were terrible. (laughs) Like, it was just so obvious that the people on the other end, they didn't understand what we did in news, how a newsroom operated, how we chose the stories and covered the whole thing. Right. So I got a job at a PR agency for six months, and it was only six months because the guy running the place was a total sociopath. It was just one of those situations where you have that crazy boss and you leave the boss not the job type of thing. Yeah, I took a major pay cut to take that job because I was promised flexibility and that's what I wanted. I wanted the lifestyle change and I did not have it. So I told him I thought he was a sociopath about six months (laughs) in. And as you can imagine, that didn't go very well. So then I became a professional freelancer. That's what I called myself. And I started just doing PR work for different agencies. and, And then over the last five years, I kind of slowly morphed into a public relations agency. And now I have a team of eight people and we all work remotely. And that kind of snowballed into my newest business, which is called Podcast Clout. And Podcast Clout is a database that just makes it super easy for people to find podcasts that are a good fit for them to pitch to be a guest. Because if you've ever, you know, looked through podcasts and think like, oh, which ones should I pitch? Which one should I be a guest on? It's a lot of work. So I just kind of automated that whole thing with Podcast Clout. And then, you know, Doing all that in between the diaper changes and putting on the movie on Disney+, Plus and all of the things.
1: We sort of just alluded to it, but tell us how old your kids are. You said you had three. Tell us about them, how old they are, what you got.
2: So many. I have an eight-year-old daughter, a five-year-old son, and an eight-month-old boy. Wow. He was the surprise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I might have a surprise right now. Who knows? Oh, Ashley, you didn't take a pregnancy I test didn't, yet? I didn't. I didn't. Not yet. Wait, what? What is happening? I mean, I don't see I think it's gonna be fine. I think I'm just using a wonky app on my phone, but you know, one never knows. It, maybe we should do a test on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll pee on a stick live. It makes for really good television. I need to leave my house to get a stick to pee on, so I'm gonna I'll work on that later today. <laughs>
2: Oh my, I suggest doing that after we record yeah, this episode. Yeah.
1: Having all three of those kids, some of them in diapers all at the same time, do you feel ever the dreaded mom guilt that seems to get us all the time? Never. I never do and I
2: never have felt it. And I don't understand why so many moms feel it. I honestly, it's just something I've never felt because I always look at a couple things. I always look at why am I doing what I'm doing? And at the end of the day, it always has to do something with them that benefits them. So that's one reason. And then the other reason is the people who, I guess they try to make you feel guilty by, you know, their little snarky comments, whether they be friends, family, or strangers on the internet. I just consider the source and I give it zero attention. I had my first two when I was working in TV, which is a crazy schedule. Like, it's just stupid. You know, like a hurricane comes and I need to stand in it for 12 hours to tell you that it's windy and it's raining.
1: Right. Yeah. Ashley and I have both worked in TV. We understand that. We you understand get that. it. I
2: love it. So I'm speaking your language. Uh-huh. It's just that, you, I mean, you know, the schedule is outrageous. So, you know, both of my kids, they were in daycare by the time they were three months old. I pierced my daughter's ears as soon as her pediatrician would do it. I never breastfed. They've always, you know, had formula. And like just those three things alone, people will come for you. Oh, yeah. Like they mm-hmm. will come for you like they think you belong in jail. And I don't know if maybe working in TV has given me a thick skin to not really care about what other people think. But at the end of the day, like, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing this to pay my mortgage so my child has a house to live in. Okay, well, I'm not gonna feel guilty about that, you
0: know? Carrie and I have talked about this as well. And I'm not gonna sit here and say I've never felt mom guilt. I definitely have. And it's always... When I get a certain kind of response from my son, you know, like if I've been gone for a a lot for work and he's like starting to act like he wants nothing to do with me, that's when the mom guilt is triggered for me, really, in all honesty. But the thing that I kind of have to remind myself is... Listen, I was a person with goals and dreams before all of this. And when you go off to college and you really go and start your own life, I'm going to be left by myself to be my own
1: person again.
0: So it's really only for all of our own best
1: interests that I do this. A hundred percent. And as the hippie in this, at least between <laughs> me and Ashley, what's your sign that you feel no mom guilt? I need to know.
2: Okay. I'm an Aquarius. So tell me what oh. that means. Yeah. What does that mean, I don't know Carrie?
1: That's a water sign. So they're usually very creative, but usually very empathetic. I'm very empathetic. Yeah, but usually people that are empathetic have more mom guilt. So I'm just fascinated by you. This is amazing. I need to take on some of these things because I am a fallen Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic. So guilt is around me all the Uh. time.
2: (laughs) You know what I feel like being empathetic creates problems for me? It's with my team and mm. it's holding my team accountable. And it's like if some goals aren't being met and they tell me, oh, I'm trying and I'm doing this and I'm like, okay, I understand. That's when being empathetic creates a problem for me. But I think also, you know, like Ashley, you mentioned like if your son, you know, may be upset if you're gone for a while. My kids have never acted in a way to make me feel guilty. Okay. So like, that's Like I've never, maybe once, or twice, but then I just like explained to them, like, listen, I have to work. If you want to go to Disney World, mommy's going to go and do this. <laughs> and then they shut up and they're like, okay, get out of here. We want to go to Disney. <laughs> so I think maybe that's part of it. But yes, I am Carrie. I am empathetic. You are wild with the signs and the reading of people.
0: She's very like spot on with this. Stuff. Like she's very, uh. when we first met, she'll be like, you're a Virgo, aren't you? And I was like, how the fuck <laughs> did you know that? That's amazing.
1: <laughs> that's, that's very intuitive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I have my
1: hippie training.
0: So you had mentioned that sometimes people will see things like you mentioned the feeding formula or the piercing your kid's ears. I'm Hispanic. So my ears have been pierced since. Girl,
2: I am with you yeah. out of the womb. Yeah, exactly. Two days
0: old, I was pierced for sure. Had I had a daughter, she would have pierced ears also. How do you not let those things affect you? How do you not let other people's opinions affect you? Because that's what I find the most intriguing about it. That's such a skill that I personally need to work on. Yeah,
2: no, well... A- Couple of things. One, I think just working in the TV industry and being on camera. It affected me at the beginning. But after so many years of people critiquing your hair and your outfits and saying you shouldn't be on TV because you're pregnant and every other thing, I don't want to say you become numb to it, but more so you consider the source. Yeah. Like, why am I going to let a stranger negatively impact my life? Even if you know the person, they probably still have zero impact on your life. Yeah. So why are you going to let something that somebody says on the internet bring bring you down. Like when you think of it like that, you realize, oh gosh, I am. That is so stupid of me to let somebody hurt my feelings. I don't even know this person. They don't even know me. So why do I even care?
0: As my mother says, they don't pay your bills.
2: Facts.
1: Yeah. I think maybe a third career is you need to be a life coach. Yeah.
2: I would be the worst
0: because I would tell people to shut up and get over it and move on. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of life coach I would go to is the kind who's like, ah, grow a fucking pear. Let's go. Ashley, that's called your mother. Yes, exactly. That's why I respond very well to those kinds of people. That's (laughs) That's why
1: you love me, because I'm like, oh, Ashley, shut the fuck up. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So you're doing all of these things. I feel like you must have some time management and productivity tips.
2: I have a lot, because that is my jam. I think my first two years of business, when I was a quote-unquote professional freelancer, the biggest problem there was that I was afraid to invest in my business. I was one of those people who said, I don't have time, or I don't have money, and I I would soak up all of the free content that I could online and apply it. And that's great. Like it kept me making some sort of money, but it was never a lot and it was never consistent. So I was always stressing about money coming in the next month. And then I hired a business coach and that started helping with the money mindset problems that I didn't know that I had at the time. And that's a shortcut to success. You do not waste any time when you hire somebody who is smarter than you to tell you what to do. Yeah. You just do what they tell you to do. You cut out all of the trial and error and trust. you got to do your homework when you hire a business coach because apparently everybody on the internet today is a self-proclaimed business coach. So do your homework. But after that first business coach that I hired probably three, four years ago now, I said, if I am ever doing anything new, if I ever want to be successful in any aspect of my life, I am hiring somebody who has been there and done that. And I am telling them, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it because I don't like wasting time and I don't like wasting money. So if I hire, you to tell me to do something, you better believe I'm going to do it because I do not want to waste time doing things that, oh, it looks like this other person's doing this. So I'm going to try it on my own. No, I want to work smart and not hard because I worked hard for a couple of years and I was doing seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day. And I was freaking miserable. I was like the biggest bitch to be around because I hated life. And it was at that point, it's like, why don't you just get a freaking job and do this all the time? So that's one way, honestly, is just surround yourself by somebody who's been there, done that, to tell you what to do. So you cut out all the trial and error because you're paying that person for their shortcut.
1: That's a really good tip, I think. <laughs> My partner always tells me that I have money mindset problems, always. He's like, this is your thing. You were raised to have money mindset problems and you you continue to have them. You need to change your mindset. I have a book for you that will help. Oh, what's it called?
2: It's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And it's scary yeah. because everybody wants that guarantee. You know, like I gave you this money, what am I gonna get for it? Well, people. People need to realize there's no guarantees in life. And the money mindset thing. This is what I realized I did all the time, and what the difference is now. So I would always say I don't have time, or I don't have money. Really, I had the time. It's just how I prioritized it. What did I spend time doing? You know, like there's people who I know they spend five hours a day scrolling on Facebook and Instagram, and they say they don't have time for something. Well, you do have time. You're just using it differently. Yeah. And with the I don't have money, I always thought that I had to have it sitting in my bank account to. Like have it, you know. But people spend tens of thousands of dollars to go to college. They take out loans. They're going to pay for the rest of their lives yep. many times, and they never said they didn't have money when they went to college. People take out mortgages for three hundred thousand dollar homes, but they never say they don't have money. Like just because it's not sitting in your bank account doesn't mean you don't have it. Yeah, it's just how you prioritize what you.
1: I use. feel really naked right now that you just said that. That's you feel me. really I feel really naked because. <laughs> naked because I feel like she's describing me.
2: (laughs) 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 You do have the money. You have access to the money. It's just how you prioritize spending it. You know, like I could try to sell you something for a thousand bucks and you're like, oh, I don't have a thousand dollars. But if one of your kids got hurt and, you know, it cost a thousand dollars to fill back up, you'd have the thousand bucks. Easy.
1: Or if it was facial (laughs) products.
0: If it was at Sephora, she would find the
1: thousand dollars. It is all about priorities. Priorities (laughs) first. Any other tips? I love that book. I'm going to totally am downloading that right now. What what was it called again? One more time. Sorry.
2: It's. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Got it. It's fantastic. And then something else that I was actually a lot better at this when I could actually have a schedule and keep it and I didn't have all these children to take care of all day every day (laughs) who never leave the house with me was (laughs) I'm big on Google Calendar and time blocking and batching things. Like if it is not in the calendar, it is not getting done. And I used to do like the to-do list beside me. Now it has to be in the calendar. And we're not deleting things. We're not moving things around unless there's an emergency, like you put it in the calendar and you freaking do it. Like I'm one of those people, I don't like working out. I hate it. But I'm not getting any younger, and I've had three kids, so I kind of got to do it if I want to look presentable. Yeah. So something that I did was I paid for six months in advance for a Pure Bar membership, and I schedule all of those classes. They're in the Google Calendar, and I don't touch them, and I don't move them. And you have to treat your calendar like that. Yep. And if you do, you will get things done. And you get more done when you time batch. Something else that I do, this is probably the hardest thing I've had to do, but when you do it, it is like you are living another life, people. You have to turn off your notifications that you have an email, and you have to put that email tab down and put in your calendar two to three times a day, no more than three times a day, when you check your email. Because if you have that up, it's hard. Listen, it's the hardest freaking thing ever. When you do it, it is seriously life-changing. You get so much more stuff done and you go through the stuff in your inbox so much quicker than you would if you get your notifications and if your tab is always up. So close it, huh. schedule or commit to checking it two to three times a day and watch not only how much more time you have, but how much more productive you are in doing other things. Just because now I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but I read a lot of books and they say that when you switch tasks from one thing to another, you're losing time by doing it because your brain has to switch off one thing and switch on another. So when you're responsible responding to notifications here and there in the middle of you trying to do something, it's taking you longer. So like focus on one thing, do the one thing. And then when you're done, move to the next.
1: It's also why I think working from home during a pandemic with a kid is so hard because I always say that it takes me triple as long to do any task because I'm interrupted like a million times in between. And every time I have to go to my child and then come back to the task, it's like so much time is wasted just getting my mind back to the task.
2: Yeah. That's why I mentioned the calendar has gone out the frickin' window these past few months. Yeah. Because, and even when you entertain the children with something, they want to come over every three minutes and show you what they colored or what they built. Like, can't you wait
0: like an hour? Every three minutes, <laughs> they got to show you. They need you to play with them. That's my kid. And I'm like, no, uh, no, I don't need to play with you. Figure it out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the screen time here is like through the roof and I've got no problem Oh yeah,
1: same. It. That's one kind of guilt I have no issue with. What do you think is like your biggest tip right now aside from screen time <laughs> for staying at home and working with kids? <laughs> I mean, screen time uh, for the win, Alex. Yeah,
2: for sure. I would say lower your expectations. Like you can't continue the way you were in December or January or even February. You can't do that now. So I've had to lower my expectations and say, okay, I did expect to do this. I did want to do this in my business. And I can't. Not only can I not do it because I got kids home all the time, but I can't do it because everybody's affected everywhere.
0: Yeah. The one thing we can do, though, is wear masks. I just want to throw that out there. Whenever I see my opportunity, I uh, like to remind everyone out there. Don't be stupid. Put on a mask. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you think people out there need to know? Anything about parenting? Um, don't feel guilty. You probably don't have anything to feel guilty about.
2: I have on christinaallday.com. I didn't mention that. That's like my side hustle fun lifestyle blog.
1: That's our next question. What are you going to plug? Yeah. So you can plug it all.
2: It's just like, you know, you got to have a fun side hustle in addition to everything else. So um, at christinaallday.com, I have a little cheat sheet on 10 reasons why you shouldn't have mom guilt and how to kiss it goodbye. So you can check that out. It's right on the homepage. While you're here in your podcast app, you can find me at become a media Maybe. In. And I talk back on social. I don't just post and ghost. So you can find me at Christina all day on Instagram and Twitter. And I think that's it, ladies.
1: I never heard Post and Ghost. I know. I like that.
2: You can find me at MediaMavenAndMore.com If you go to PitchPublicityProfit.com it'll take you to a page in there. I try to keep it simple where I can uh, help you out with pitching the media to earn publicity and turning it into profit. You can also check out Podcast Clout at PodcastClout.com Again, the fun stuff is at ChristinaAllDay.com because you got to keep it fun. It can't be business all the time.
0: Cool. That was amazing. Thank you so much for all the insight i think it's very valuable for moms to hear that you can be a working mom you can be a stay-at-home mom it doesn't matter it doesn't change what kind of mom you are we're all good moms we're all just trying to do the best we can and sometimes you know hearing from someone like you is a nice swift kick in the ass to get out there and and do
1: what <laughs> what you really want to do we respond well to your kind of life coaching yeah well thank you so much for being a honorary member of our momtourage hey that's what i'm here for All right, so... Let's talk about COVID. That's always fun, isn't it, Carrie? I think people are getting used to people talking about COVID. And you know what? We had two back-to-back episodes with our spouses on, so maybe they're just tired of hearing three. from them. we had three. Oh, right, three. We yeah. had three where you had to hear our partner speak, so you might like talking about COVID better than hearing Matt <laughs> and Lee speak. I think
0: I do. <laughs> so we're, just for reference, for you to know this, we are recording this on Wednesday, June 17th, so by the time this airs, you know, numbers are definitely going to be changing and different, but wanted to give you some frame of reference. So we've hit this really interesting time. Stay-at-home orders have been lifted around the country. As of the recording date, 19 states have seen a rise in new cases over the past week compared to the previous week. They are Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Kentucky, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, North Carolina, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, Vermont, and Washington. It's like the edges. Yeah. Is it? Or is it like the middle. Where's Arkansas? Arkansas is like, I guess, I guess what you're saying. It's a bottom edge, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Edging. It's edging. And then according to somebody, data (laughs) hospitalizations in 12 states are up since Memorial Day weekend. This current surge is not due to protests. Despite what our administration may want us to think. And here, where there's lots of protesting, the protesters are all wearing masks and the police officers aren't. So they're for you in that. Yeah. As my brother used to say. According to data aggregated, ooh, aggregated, that's such a good word, by CNN from the COVID Tracking Project, from May 25th to June 9th, there's an increase in several states that began the last past couple of weeks, the lag period between when people are exposed to the virus to the time they may actually get tested and come back with a confirmed infection can be like two to three weeks so that kind of brings you guys
0: up to date you kind of see there's a surge happening in places i think for all of us and especially those of us in the northeast who have kind of hopefully been through the worst of it although cuomo did he did the dad thing and threatened new york city and the hamptons and said if you guys don't start taking this shit seriously i'm gonna put you in another lockdown and you know what god bless god Thank bless you. you thanks cuomo I, I you know i'm a cuomo sexual i want to see cool those nips it. cuomo yeah exactly we kind of wanted to spend some time talking about what things we can be doing, how epidemiologists would be handling this. But I wanted to touch on one more point. This is from a Scary Mommy article. And that is to date, there have been 73,000 plus confirmed cases of COVID in Florida as a whole. Of those, 103 children have been hospitalized and 10 have been presented with that very strange condition that's starting to pop up, which is called the multisystem inflammatory syndrome in children. That's where you know, your intestines and your organs and your brain and heart and stuff become inflamed. But so far, no one under 25 has died from COVID in Florida. They're not very concerned with children. They still feel like they bounce back. It's a bit strange because the percentage of children who tested positive out of all the kids who were tested is at a rate of 9%, which is higher than the positivity rate for adults. And again, they're not so concerned. They're more concerned about, you know, the elderly lunch lady or staff at summer camp
1: or your grandma or anything like that. I was reading a New York Times blurb. They said they're talking to psychologists, child psychologists in development. And they said that if we can keep the numbers like where they are now, it's more detrimental to keep kids from school than it is to open it. Now, of Why? course, it's just socialization mm. and developmentally. Now, of course, if we get a surge again, like New York had in the beginning, that might change, you know, talking about risk versus reward. But if it's at this sort of, of I don't want to say containable state that it is currently now, at least in New York, where the hospitals are not overloaded. That's really the key. And we have the ventilators and such that it is worth it to open up the schools in a modified way. They might have to do certain days, certain populations of the class so that they can separate the desks or whatever it is. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And especially because, you know, we have this little social bubble on our second floor and when they're away from each other, they act very different. And when they get back together, you can sort of see how much in these tiny little bodies and brains, how it is affecting them, not seeing their peers emotionally. Like they get emotional about different things they're digesting it in a different way and expressing it in a different way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm considering reaching out to a couple of friends about expanding our bubble to include them and their son, you know, Danny and and James and their kid, which they've kind of approached us about it. We're pulling from three different articles for this, but, um, One of the things that's really been emphasized is that basically the rule of thumb is the more time you spend and the closer in space you are to any infected people, the higher your risk. So, interacting with more people raises your risk, and indoor places are riskier than outdoors. So, I want to talk to them about, you know, hanging out in their backyard and letting the kids play. Joey is only a year old, Sebastian's going to be three next month, but at least it's somebody for Sebastian to play with. And, you know, Luna obviously is. In that bubble, also. But other than that, I don't know. You know, we don't really know kids his age, and I don't really trust people I don't know well enough to be safe about things right yeah. now
1: you know there is an article again in the New York Times called how to hug during a pandemic and I noticed this when we did our socially distanced hangout Sebastian like he's so well- behaved and said can I hug you mm. Carrie and I looked at you and then you said yes and we hugged and this article talks about how of the many things we miss from our pre-pandemic lives hugging people I've said has been on the top of the list and they talk to scientists who study airborne viruses to teach you the safest way to hug and so they talked about two masks hugging faces in opposite direction right a parent to child hug is fine because the child's probably going to be more by your stomach right but turn your head or a parent with a mask on or i'm saying parent but an adult with a mask on kissing the top of the head of a child who's also wearing a mask they talked about that and that humans have brain pathways that are specifically dedicated to detecting affectionate touch That's why there's baby huggers.
0: You know, there's volunteers
1: who hug babies in hospitals. We don't know how many infectious viruses it takes to make you sick. It's probably more than one. So if you don't talk or cough while hugging, the risk will be very low. Yeah. So I was teaching Luna to hug a tree. And although that's good and cute and novel, it's not the same. Like Sebastian melted into me when I gave him a hug. Yeah. It was really sweet. I feel it. I feel like he needs more. He needs more.
0: He needs to see kids his own age. We drove by his daycare the other day and he said randomly that he was sad that none of the kids in his school could come to his birthday, which was a totally out of left field comment overall. But also think of that little boo boo thinking about that. Yeah, of course. You know, and I also wonder if what you read in the Times about schools opening or not reopening, what ages that applies to. So we got a call this past week that Sebastian's daycare is closing permanently. Her concern was like, how do you keep babies and toddlers six feet away from each other? How do you keep them from not sharing toys? You can't, it's impossible. You can't.
1: In this same vein of the new normal and weighing risk versus reward for our mental health, as we play this as a long game, just like Ashley's workout routine and weight loss plan, (laughs) long game, we need to think about how to sustain this. So we don't do what so many places like we just discussed Florida doing, which is like, I'm tired of this. Let's just pretend like it's not there. right? And then it gets worse. How can we handle keeping things, I want to say regulated, but that makes it sound like I'm talking about the state or, you know, self-regulation. Let's how put it that way. How can we normalize what's happening, basically? But still have our mental health and yeah. still be able to do stuff. So this is based off of an article
0: from NPR called From Camping to Dining Out. Here's how experts rate the risks of 14 summer activities. And as always, this is linked in our show notes. OK, so
1: here's a broken down list of how risky summer activities are, according to this article. So very low risk. Spending the day at a popular beach or pool as long as you stay socially distanced, water is not a risk. Letting a friend use your bathroom, clean frequently touched surfaces after and air it out. Going to a vacation house with another family, if one family is very active or parents have higher exposure jobs, then the risk increases. Make sure you're on the same page with the other family. Going camping, exercising outdoors, the more people involved in the activity, obviously the higher the risk. It's possible to spread the virus when you're in close proximity to others, even if you're asymptomatic. So it's best to wear a mask if you can't stay socially distanced.
0: Low to medium risk activities are are BYOB backyard gatherings with one other household. They suggest bringing your own utensils and plates and food and everything just to kind of eliminate any risk. Using a public restroom, they suggest avoid using small, poorly ventilated ones like a gas station bathroom. I used two of
1: those last weekend. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, every all the long drives we've done, we've been like, we're not stopping. That's it. And if we do, it's on the side of a road. And staying at a hotel. Limit your time in common areas such as the lobby, the gym, restaurant, and elevator where the risk of exposure is higher. Bring disinfecting wipes to wipe down the TV, remote control, and other common surfaces. And you'll probably also want to remove the bedspread since it's probably not been cleaned after every guest. which we knew for jizz
1: anyway. Yeah. It's the jizz cover. Just yeah. get it out. Eliminate your risk of jizz exposure and you're good. Eddie kind of of bed bug jizzy yeah what if you get a bed bug that has coronavirus that's covered that's in just jizz. like blowing my mind covered in jizz
0: on it's top a of jizz, it it's just like jizz coated
1: uh, bed bug coughing with coronavirus. I don't know what to
0: tell you. I'm, I'm triggered. I'm, I'll tell you that. That's I'm what very is.
1: triggered. So, medium to high risk eating indoors at a restaurant, an outdoor celebration such as a wedding with more than 10 guests, getting a haircut that involves close contact and breathing that is extended for several minutes. This is the primary mode of transmission that we know happens. And cloth masks certainly are not perfect for this.
0: And then, high risk is attending a religious service or I imagine any kind of service indoors. And obviously, going to a nightclub. Don't do that. Don't do either of those things. Now you can pray online, you know? You know what? Those last two I don't want to go to even when it's non-COVID. No, no, I don't. We're done. This next load of information is based off of a New York Times article called When 511 Epidemiologists Expect to Fly Hug and Do 18 Other Everyday Activities Again. I really like this because it's the personal opinions of a group of 511 Epidemiologists and Infectious Disease Specialists who are asked by the New York Times when they expect to resume 20 20- totally normal, everyday activities, assuming that the pandemic and public health response to it unfolds as they expect. Whether that is what's happening currently, I'm unsure, but I think this is
1: interesting. I do not even know
0: how to read this graph, so do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. So activities that they said they might start doing soon, as in this summer. Bringing in mail without precaution, 64% said that. 60% said they would see a doctor for a non-urgent appointment. 56% of them said they would vacation overnight within driving distance, and 41% said they would get a haircut at a salon or a barbershop. So, the, see, that's kind of contradictory to the medium to high risk of what we just read with the
1: haircut situation. Is it 64% of people or 64% of? Of that 511 epidemiologists. Epidemiologists, got yeah. Okay, so later in the next year, I guess they mean 2021. Yeah, so this category is in 3 to 12 months from now, within that time span. They'll attend a small dinner party, hike or picnic outdoors with friends, send kids to school, camp or daycare, work in a shared office, send children on playdates, ride a subway or a bus, visit elderly relative or friend in their home, travel by airplane, eat in a dine-in restaurant, and exercise at a gym or fitness studio.
0: See, some of these I think are really interesting because I think three to 12 months is such a broad, like that's a lot of time. That's a big time difference. So some activities that they are going to do in maybe a year or more. Attend a wedding or funeral, hug or shake hands when greeting a friend, go out with someone you don't know well. God, that's a long time to wait to date. Mm -hmm. Uh, Attend a church or other religious service, stop routinely wearing a face covering. I don't know if I'll ever ever do that and attend a sporting event concert Or play. So then here are some supplementary opinions from these epidemiologists. So school, camp, and daycare, let's give you the largest percentage, 40% said that they would be sending their kids to school, camp, or daycare in the fall, which is pretty shocking to me.
1: Yeah. So on sporting events, concert, and plays, the largest percentage was over a year. Yeah.
0: Wow. God, some of these just, like, hurt my soul a little bit. Yep. On hugs and handshakes, the largest percent— was also over a year. 42%. 6% said never. I was just going to say I want to know who those people are.
1: 6% of people are never going to hug or shake hands? I could never handshake again, but I'm much more of a hugger than a handshaker.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe it's new people. Like I don't know if I'll ever like shake hands with someone I'm just meeting ever again. Maybe I'll do one of those elbow bump things, but I'm going to um, do the
1: pretentious yoga teacher namaste. Are
0: you going to head I'm gonna bow? Like this. Namaste. What? Are you actually going to do that? I think I might. Oh my Namaste God. Namaste
1: actually means hello, not goodbye.
0: I want to laugh at you so hard. <laughs> we got to figure out like some kind of American standard. For what a new greeting is, it isn't a handshake. You know how Japanese people bow and right. there's Europeans kiss, though. So we can't do that.
1: You know, I, I'm thinking that America is probably waiting for us, Mom Taraj, to tell them what to do.
0: All right. So, not namaste. <laughs> <laughs> do not do namaste. How about a wink? A wink's cute. What about this? Love you. Bye. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sebastian does that. Sebastian yep. says love you all the
1: time. But we're not going to say I love you to a new person. You know what? I love the potential you have as a being. <laughs> Namaste. (laughs) Weddings
0: and funerals, over a year. Yeah, that's not surprising to me. Airplanes, over a year, 37%. That's not shocking. No, nope. At all. I think, I, I don't think I'll be
1: getting on an airplane until there's a vaccine. I really don't. No, I told Lee, Lee doesn't like long car trips. I told him he better start drugging himself yeah. during car trips because I love them and it's the only way we're going to be getting anywhere. I hate them, but it's the only way we're going to be getting anywhere. I love there. them. And I would just drug myself. Yeah, I was like, just take a drug and wake up and we'll be there. I'll have driven yeah. us. On meetings with new people plus a year. Over a year. I don't God. like meeting new people anyway. I don't either. 2% said never. 2% of people
0: have no intention on ever meeting face to face with somebody they haven't met before. How Those are they going to do that? Are You and me,
1: <laughs> you guys didn't notice, but we're secretly epidemiologists. How the fuck are they going to pull that off? Zoom. I guess you zooming, zooming everywhere.
0: They must be married, or they're just like totally agoraphobic and just
1: like happy. Never. Ashley, if you studied diseases for a living, you would be agoraphobic. Probably. Y-
0: you know what? You're right. I don't study diseases for a living and I would be perfectly happy not leaving my house. Can you imagine if you knew all the dangers? <laughs> Are you kidding? I would be like Howie Mantell. I literally would shave my head. I would like, I would get that. Remember in Gattaca when he like can't go, he's like trying to, Ethan Hawk is trying to like uh, avoid any kind of trace of him anywhere so he like brushes his body and gets all the dead skin off and then he sets that on fire. That would be me. That would be me. Full Gattaca. Yeah. This one's interesting. On when to stop wearing masks. Uh, Again, over a year, 52%. And (laughs) here I am in the never at 1%. Yep. On visiting the
1: elderly. Again, we have... Have a person said never. But in general, it's a year plus. So it looks like it's gonna be a year plus before we do most things
0: i wish they had elaborated on who the like nevers were in all of this like who is this person who is never planning or people because it's one percent who is planning on never visiting an elderly person again <laughs> they're like fuck
1: those old bitches that ever did anything he's like what me. about
0: your parents as you get older like, let them how- die fuck that shit
1: <laughs> that's that guy he's like a bitter disease I made him a guy. Do you like that? He's like a bitter old disease specialist. He lives underneath a bridge <laughs> and he's like made a little hovel for himself. And he's like, I don't like old people. I never leave my house. I don't care about humans. I'm picturing Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito
0: is a real recurring character in, in this podcast.
1: All right, Ash, are you ready for hashtag swag bag? Always. Hashtag, hashtag swag bag. Swag bag. You want to go first since I see you've typed something in our script and sure, I have nothing to offer?
0: I really, uh, I've been struggling with this every week. I think the fact that, like, you're not at home buying makes things. It, yeah. yeah, it makes it difficult. So my favorite reusable water bottle is a hydro flask. I think this is the 24. Yeah, I have a 24-ounce hydro flask. I love this thing. It's in a millennial pink. It is in a millennial pink. I have this very strange... Okay, so it started when I lived in L.A. with Matt, and I would fall asleep with, like, wine on my chest or something. Like, you know, a glass of wine on my chest, and I would wake up, and it was all over the bed. And this happened all the time. So he bought me a sippy cup, like a kid's sippy cup, and that's how I would drink my night wine.
1: (laughs) True love. True love. love.
0: Yeah. But ever since then, I like my bed beverage, which is usually water, because who the hell has the patience to drink that much anymore? I need... A straw top cup because I want to be, lay in bed and I want to just hug my cup or bottle and just sip, you know, suck on a straw. That's, I, it's like, this is a thing. It's a comfort. Not to bring it full circle, but like someone in
1: hospice.
0: <laughs> yes, sure. Or I was going to say like Lala's baby bottle thing that she does. It's so sure, weird. Sure, yes. From Vanderpump Rules for anyone who didn't understand that reference. So anyway, the Hydro Flask is great, but doesn't have this straw top thing. It's like a screw top. So every time it's not conducive for sleeping in bed. So I went on Amazon and I found this $10 Hydroflask straw top and let me tell you it has just Is changed a- my my life. Is it from the bed? Van- not- okay, so it's like a it's like a knockoff but works with. Yes, works with. And it's great. It was $10. It came with two like straw things that go in the body. It comes with a straw cleaner. You can't go wrong. And now I have like my bottle that I can take everywhere with me. It's easier to drink out of. So if your hydro flask top is stopping you from (laughs) drinking the water because you're just too lazy,
1: there's a link in the show notes. Question. Do you also get OCD about when you get a nick in the body of your hydro flask? Yes, I hate it. I hate it.
0: I hate it. It bothers me because this one, this big ass 24 ounce I don't know, my mom got this for me for my birthday because I would not buy it for myself as like a supplementary gift. It was like 50 bucks, this fucking bottle.
1: I don't like it because every time I look at the nicked ones, it like fucking freaks my OCD out so much that I can't concentrate on anything else. I know. The situation I is real.
0: I want my things to keep looking nice. Like I don't want to wear clothes with a stain or a hole. I like, Me neither. I'm, I'm meticulous about things looking nice. I don't like chipped nail polish. I don't like... Me neither. I. I just want
1: my things to look nice and I try my best to take care of them. Ashley, I just fell in love with you <laughs> so much more. I just, my heart just swelled. I can't even, I have tears in my eyes. And I'm not even joking. This, I didn't even know all of this about you. I had an idea, but I did not know. I knew the Virgo, but this a Virgo, makes me yeah. love you. I know, but like, you know, I take off all my nails if there's one chip. I know. I, if there's, even if I mend something, I'm like, I know it's there. No one can see it, but I know If I there. mend it and I do a good job, I don't care. But I have a Virgo rising, so that's why. I don't
0: even know what I have. All I know is a Virgo, and I know that... I love you. I so just much want my shit this. to Thank look you. nice. Yes. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. I have a second Swa- hashtag swag bag. Hold on, hold <gasps> on. Secret swag bag! Secret swag bag. I need to type it. So, what I have not shared with our audience is, as predicted, for inner cities urban areas during this COVID crisis. The vermin population has risen. They don't know, they don't have restaurants to go to because restaurants weren't open. So they started to infiltrate people's houses. I have had a shag, a black shag carpet in my living room since we moved into this house. You know, as shag does, it started to just like feel kind of yucky. But then when we had the mouse issue, I was like, oh my god, I don't know how many mouse turds must be hidden in in this shag carpet and no matter how much i sweep or, or vacuum it i've like Terrible. used a, a cleaner on it nothing can assure me that all the poop is out plus and children
1: just roll all over and lick shit like come on
0: yes i have a toddler who like drops food that you can't get out and then he rolls on it i have a dog who has occasionally taken a shit i was gonna say your dog's asshole has scooched on that shit yes, like there's ugh. just so much so i bought a ruggable which is a machine washable rug. I bought the 8x10 size, which is the biggest it gets. It's $400. I found a coupon code online that gave me, I think, 15% off. It knocked off like 50 bucks. It's basically like a two-layer thing. There's like a flat, sticky layer. Like a velcro layer on the bottom and that's the pad. And then the top layer is almost like a large sheet. It's chenille. Unlike a regular carpet where it's like woven, this is almost like printed on. Feels really nice. I like the design. The other night I left a popsicle because I drank too much I left a popsicle (laughs) that I didn't like on the (laughs) table and it dripped onto the carpet which is a gray carpet and it was a red popsicle and I was like shit so I put it in the washing machine which is the whole reason I bought this thing spent this much money because I needed something machine washable it came out amazing totally brand new it's so easy to put back down it's so easy to wash I'm telling you I will never buy a rug that is not a ruggable or very cheap and machine washable ever Ever, ever again.
1: Um, I love this story for so many reasons. One, yeah. it's right on Brand for a Mom podcast. Two, it sort of connects to your hydro flask issue and that you need popsicles. And- yes,
0: I just need things that don't spill but what made me think of it is that I just want nice shit and I was so happy I was scared about washing this rug and either like it messing up my washing machine or something and it the washing machine made it out nice the rug looks brand fucking new honestly it is so worth the money I'm gonna go buy runners from them I'm gonna buy a, a rug for Sebastian's room I am
1: in love I'm in love ruggable do the right thing. do the right thing reach out to us give us a coupon code because <laughs> that's really what should happen it's like I might I think I, I might reach out to them And we could say coupon or coupon. Either way, give us a code, reach out, do the right thing, Ruggable. Do the right thing. Okay, so my swag bag, aside from a Breva for my (laughs) herpes... I actually think Areva is not good. I swear by L-Lysine or Lysine. It's like mm-hmm. a supplement. It, that, yeah. that with Abreva, the one-two punch, really works for me. I feel like that's an on-brand hashtag swag bag for what my tits and my shits were. But uh, to give you an alternate, I will say... This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I really like Scott toilet paper. Really? Well, Lee is a the Charmin one ply? Yes. I like a... Rough? What? I like a rough one ply. I am
0: horrified. I am horrified. I have never in my life I have so much Scott's toilet paper I'm donating to the homeless shelter I'm not joking it was all I could get during quarantine and I was like it literally took me a month to get through one roll in the downstairs bathroom and every time I wiped my ass the paper would I
1: would end up wiping it with my own fucking hand okay this is how I feel first of all I I notoriously in my family use too much toilet paper so that never happens I'm a buncher I use too much toilet paper it's an issue I need to get better with that however Charmin or any of those fluffy kinds. They leave fuzzies all over my vagina and my asshole. Who cares? What do you care about fuzzies? I get fuzzies. I look down and it, I look at my vagina and it's like freaking fuzzies everywhere. I'm not into it. If I use the Scott, I like it like one, it like itches my asshole a little bit which I kind of like. And two, it doesn't leave like a paper trail. So I, Lee and I keep two kinds of toilet paper in each bathroom. We have a roll of each because Lee, he Scott's is Scott. literally like
0: 25 cents a roll. It's so I fucking love it. cheap. Oh my God. So I'm a cheap I have sometimes. never felt further away from you.
1: <laughs> this is the, what the podcast is about. It's about feeling close because we had a moment where I was crying. I felt so in love with you. And now we're back to being uh, so separate.
0: I can't believe anyone on this green earth could like Scott's toilet paper. I, that's what I like. I like what oh I like. Oh my God. It is the worst toilet paper in the world. It is so bad. It, like, gives me, like, a anal bleeding. It like, every time I wipe my
1: ass with it, I get, like, a little blood. Like, scratch shit. I like a little scratch. Now I know that when you use my bathroom, you must use the one that's for leave. I've only ever seen one roll. That's the Lee roll. Where's your roll hidden? It's usually hidden. Because <laughs> you're embarrassed? Yeah. I'd be embarrassed, too. <laughs> Guys, all I got to say is, what a big reveal. And we left it to the end. Oh, my God.
0: Listen, I don't want to sound like an awful person, but I'm telling you, the only toilet paper I could get at Sam's Club during, like, real serious lockdown was Scott's. And I kept half. I gave half to my dad, who will not, my father, it doesn't matter how poor he is, will not buy a toilet paper other than Charmin. He really has an issue with toilet paper other than Charmin. And I'll, I'll fuck with a quilted Northern. I'll fuck with an Angel <laughs> Soft. I will. He will not. He only wants Charmin. That's so like, wait, he you know, only I, fucks with
1: Charmin. Only yes. Charmin. He likes the bear. It's cutie. I don't know. Maybe it's what you think. I was almost the voice of the mom Charmin bear on the commercials. Huh. but wow, I hate this term but I am shook. <laughs> I am shook here's the thing also I feel like this speaks to our guest because one of the things we discussed with Christine is how Lee says that I have like a poverty mentality that my mind I need to get my mind past this like poor Irish working class thing and really embrace wealth well evidently maybe the first step is with my toilet paper
0: yeah but it doesn't sound like you're picking the toilet paper because it's the cheapest mine's not a money thing it's a texture thing All right. Well, what a great show. We now know about our herpes. Our toilet paper preferences. Our toilet paper preferences. Dying grandmothers, dead grandmothers. It's what we really run a gamut. Wow. Listen, we made one promise to you and that was to be real. And here we are. The people are like, back it up a little bit. Maybe we don't need that much realness, ladies. (laughs) We love you all. We love
1: you guys. Talk to you next week. You know what? In this world, the good news is you can use whatever fucking toilet paper you want. But don't, use Scotts. Like, just don't. Hashtag be free. Wipe how you want. Free to be you and me. Just wipe front to back. That's all that matters. <laughs> just front to back.
0: Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter.
1: We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long.
1: We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Mom to is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.